0: Hello everyone. My name is Sana Abbasi. I'm president of Eight Billion Voices. I currently work for Charles Drew University, where I also went to school. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for having me here today and for also being our CEO. It's really a real pleasure to be here with you.
1: Aw, thanks so much. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, I, I absolutely love what we do at at ABV, and you know when. Cause I think you when did we meet? Like we met very like very randomly, right? Like it was, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember.
0: <laughs> it's a <little laughs> funny story, actually, how we met and <laughs> so, You should you uh, should share it. <laughs> as you know, Vanessa's nonprofit is called being human. And I was looking for Salman Khan, who's a um, Indian actor, and his foundation is also called the Being Human Foundation. So, for eight billion voices, I was pretty much stalking them, and then I found Vanessa. <laughs> but this definitely ended out better, so no complaints. But I was definitely looking for a brown Indian man. This is not it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, yes, yes, that yeah, that was funny, yes, when, yes, that somehow, yes, we were we were connected very randomly like that, but, uh, but that, yeah, that's a funny story, I like that story. <laughs> I really do, I
0: think it's I great. That wasn't for you, I was just like, hey, I'm Sana, you want to come work with me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then you got a Mexican instead.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'll take what I could get, yeah. you know.
1: No, that's so funny. Love it. No, no, Love no. the
0: diversity on our team.
1: Honestly, yeah, we're such a diverse team. It's so nice. Um, but but yeah, I remember, so when we when we connected, uh, probably s- six seven months ago now, I think, and then you were telling me uh, like the vision, uh, the the story, the the intention. I think I wouldn't even say vision. You know, I think intention is like the best word because it like grounds the vision, right? Um, but you know, I mean. Yeah, it just so resonated this this whole idea of of you know healing, taking one step at a time, one breath at a time. Um, and I, I know a lot of what you say is around um you know uh, you know this is not necessarily just about like feminism, right? like obviously, with eight billion voices, it's really around um eliminating and reducing gender based violence but it's 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 all encompassing, right and so you know for myself, when you told me that obviously like that really resonated with me and and a lot of what I do with the being Human foundation, a lot of you know, how do we use mindfulness and in arts and culture and and like community activism? How do those pillars come together in society? And so, for me, it made sense that it would be in gender based violence because it all connects, right? And so, I am like so grateful to be able to be a part of the team and and to really support the, our communities where you know these dynamics are so prevalent.
0: Thank you, and you know, you've you've added so many layers too. I think humanistic layers, like you said, mindfulness, like, I think that we are all different parts of the puzzle. And for me, I never thought this is where I would end up. I, my background is in biomedical sciences, and it's in refugee work. When I started off for my entire life, I thought I was going to be a doctor. I thought I was going to be a surgeon. And it's not because I'm Indian. I mean, that helped. But I loved surgery. I loved the silence. I loved having a toolkit in your bag and being able to go anywhere and solve a problem. But through that work is where I saw these gaps. And I, it was almost like we were putting Band-Aids on a problem and not asking the right questions and not doing a consensus for the research to find the root of the problem. So what I found is no matter where you go or what you do, there's so much underlying pain and the way to overcome that pain is moments of happiness, moments of feeling just authentic and belonging to a space or a community. So now that we're living in a world that didn't exist before, I worked at the COVID site um, at Charles Street University, which is in Compton in South Los Angeles. We were testing about 1500 people a day and we had a drive through COVID thing. um, I'm not saying that it was or it wasn't. What I witnessed was people not knowing what to do, people being stuck at home, people really being in like petri dishes about to explode. So what do you do after? And also from my work, I understand that every single action, every single positive or negative thing, Not only affects you, but future generations to come and affects your DNA. That is how we get generational trauma. So how do we differentiate? How much of that is us? How much of that is our ancestors? How much of that is our communities? Our fear is our society. So I believe that all these layers, we can start peeling over. But first, we have to get to happiness. So the point of 8 billion voices is to bring people together in safe places and allow them to tell their stories their way and for artists and healers to come together and do what they do best, create beauty, create community, and remind people of who we all are and what matters, what's important. And I feel like that to me is the solution. You know the
1: first solution, I would say. Right. Yeah, I think you know. I I think this this like intersection between, you know, the, the creating the space for this kind of healing, right? And so bringing in healers, bringing in artists, and I think especially when we deal with things like like trauma, right? Um, trauma is not always to tell those stories, words are not always, sometimes you can't, right? Like sometimes with trauma, like, like you said, it's stored in the body. Right. And so when you try to, to talk about trauma, it can be hard because sometimes there are no words to describe the experience and, and, you know, certain types of trauma, especially when we talk about gender-based violence, like those are experiences that are so um, hard on the body. And they're so psychological as well that, you know, when a lot of those scenarios when you're dealing with things like shame, right? Shame is such a heavy thing that can create so much confusion, so much fogginess. And so, you know, I think for me when when we met, you're telling me about about ABV and and this it was about like healing, but the 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 part about art as well, right? Because art is such a way, a way to access all these things that maybe we don't know how to actually talk about right but at least with art it's still a tool and even if it you know doesn't necessarily have to make sense or connect to somebody else but to you it's that that's like part of your story right and so I think that that was for me a a pillar that really really stuck out
0: yeah like I definitely believe you know how they say like a pen is as powerful as a sword I believe that's art it's expression we are forced to live in a box and struggle and confine, I believe that art shouldn't be a privilege. Neither should breath work. Neither should yoga. Neither should Tai Chi. This is something that we, some there's something for everyone. And I can say from my own past experience, most of the time life is so go, 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 that no one tells you to even take a breath. When, you know, Your breath is the only thing that's going to be with you your whole life. And that connects you to yourself, really. And I feel like I don't believe in punishment on top of punishment. I believe in reform. So, and I know what you're talking about with trauma. There's a book called The Body Keeps Score. And there's so many things that the body holds onto and words can only go so far. That's where, you know, like, breath work comes in or dancing comes in or music comes in because it's a release. You are able to let go of that energy and ground yourself and make room for more. And I feel like there's so much suffering that we're all in. And even for a moment, if we can find happiness in that suffering, then there we're, we're healing. We want to live again and you know try another day but not only are we healing ourselves we're healing like generations to come because fear changes our dna fear changes who we are and i think that that's where art and healing and healers should not be a privilege they should be going everywhere to everyone so we can find more talent more creativity in this world because it's there but you can't see it if you're not breathing, if no one's told you to look within, if people don't believe in you. And that's, that's all we're trying to do here. Believe in people, I think.
1: Absolutely. I think it's like, it's like believing in people and then creating that space for people to believe in themselves and in each other, right? To build that trust, build that safety, um, um, I know that. And then the piece of accessibility, right. Of making it available to everybody because it's true. I think that a lot of these practices, you know, and even I see the same, um, I'm a certified mindfulness meditation guide. And so, you know, we do see sometimes that the, the mindfulness space, even the yoga space, right. Like how, how, it's it, how it sometimes gets very exclusive and, and it shouldn't be that way. Right. Like these are, these are like practice, these are ancient practices with a very deep like spiritual meanings and spiritual roots and then they're meant for everyone and anyone. And so again, you know, for me, like being able to be a part of an initiative, a part of an organization that's really dedicated to to making it accessible to everybody, like regardless of where you are, who you're who you are, where you come from, you know, your your color of your skin, all those things don't actually matter at the end of the day. The other thing that I, I really uh, appreciate in what you just said is, you know, you were talking about, like, happiness and suffering, right? And sometimes it's like, is that even, like, how, right? Don't those themes seem things seem like oxymorons? And it's like, well, actually, they're not. And it reminded me a lot of, you know, Buddha who told us, you know, we create our own suffering, right? So, and, and that's not to suggest that we should be downplaying suffering, nor is it to suggest that, like, everything is suffering. But it's just that it's, like, we create that suffering. And so is there happiness and suffering like is there a space can we create that space to like hold that suffering or whatever whatever that suffering is manifesting into how do we like create that space and and hold it right and care for it and like be compassionate about it and and you know that in itself if you consider like compassion love those like high vibrational frequencies that's what happiness is too right so it's like how i just i really like i really appreciate that that it's like we can talk about these they seem different, but are they really? And it's just kind of reframing how we're holding suffering, right?
0: It's, it's intertwined. Yeah. You know, you can't have one without the other. And I feel like that's that's part of growth. But I think 8 BV's place in this is just to hold that space, right? Like when things happen in life, everyone has a story. And that's why for me, this is for everyone. We have to do it together. Men, women, children, elders. We need to just be there and I think exist. But I completely agree with you. I feel like life is made up of choices and decisions. And I think that you do the best with what you know and where you're at. And other people deserve the same kind of grace. And you decide to grow through suffering and find that happiness and peace, or you decide to take the suffering with you and give people bits and pieces of it. And I feel like, you know, it's true if you want to have science back it up, there's a term called neuroplasticity where through meditation, we rewire our brain and our thoughts Because normally we think 80% of the same thoughts throughout our lifetime day to day. And I can say, you know, I'm not perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes, but that's how I've grown and I've learned. And there's so many aha moments in life if you're looking for them. But if you're not looking for them, then life is all negative. Life is hard. Life is difficult. And you can't do it alone. And I kind of feel like This perfect world that we're living in doesn't exist. You know, it's time to look for the gaps. It's time to just be human towards each other because we all went through it. We are all going through it as a world. This is not about a continent anymore. This is not about a country anymore. Like when huge things happen and people have to fight for crumbs, that's when we see the worst in humanity. And I feel like for me, this is an intervention. You can create beauty, you can create power, you can become art through art and learn how to heal. Um, we had our workshop, you were there at Charles Street University, where we brought you together, an artist that did a liberation workshop, you know, some of our other co-workers from 8 Billion Voices. And it was So beautiful and it surpassed what I thought it would be and what I learned from it. And the biggest part of that workshop was the students telling me that they felt like they were better humans by the end of the workshop and that now they're meditating every day. And I just feel like these are tools that belong to us. You know, your breath is your breath. And once you know how to use it, No one can take that away from you. Same with yoga, same with meditation. That peace, once you get to that peace, which I didn't know what this was either. You know, I'm not someone that grew up like this. I had to find my way and life isn't going to give you what you want. So you have to take it. And these are the tools. This is the way you not only change yourself, but your fate and the fate of your future family and community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I I think yeah, I'm 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 grateful that you brought up the workshop because that was that was fun and I I think, you know, to see how did we, so I think you opened and then I did a, like a mindfulness meditation and then we did the, we did like two arts, art workshops essentially. Right. And there's the one where you had to paint to the person uh, sitting in front of you, whether you knew them or not. And then there was that second piece, the liberation part where we all had to, uh, we had these different prompts and we had to draw or, or create whatever came to mind. And then we mapped it out and it was meant mm-hmm. to actually map out the path of liberation and, um, it was yeah, it was a very, very cool, cool activity. And yeah, I was I was very grateful to be a part of it. Um it was a very different thing that I had done in terms of like participating in the art part. Um and I think it was very for myself, very very eye opening to me, you know, to kind of see there were just some things that I guess I never really thought of, right, in terms of of empowerment and when I was creating, I kind of realized, oh, there's some stuff here that I haven't visited in a while, <laughs> you know? And so I think it's and that and that's I think normal. I think that's 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 part of like the exploration, right? Um and then I think to be able to create that and like you said, then release it, right? When you, you kind of release it out of the body into this physical, tangible form of art. But then we mapped those those pieces of art, right? And then it was just another way of storytelling. And so, um, yeah, I think it's really I think it's really beautiful. Another way of storytelling, right? To, to take our our hardships, the, the challenges of sometimes just being human, but being able to map it out in a way that is like powerful, inspiring, that allows you to I think honor it, right? Instead of when you keep it kind of trapped in the body, it's hard to honor it. But when you see it, you can look at it. It's like journaling, the same idea, right? Like it's like you can kind of see it and, and hold space with it and be like, yeah, this is part of my life. This is part of my story and I need to just honor this for what it is. And, and acknowledge that that part of me, but I can keep moving forward without ditching that part or leaving it behind or shaming it. I can kind of take it with me and just nurture it as I continue to evolve. And so I think, yeah, that workshop was honestly, it was so good. And I'm also really grateful of that to hear that feedback. And, and I think it just shows you that the power of of these types of tools, the power of these workshops, the power of like, being able to create and hold space, right? And and I think that is really truthfully what people need. And I think to your point earlier, too, um, it, it's almost like I feel like just the way the state of society right now, you know, and the state of the world, it is, I think, kind of to your point, like, I think as civilians, as citizens, it is our responsibility at this point to be taking on healing because to have any sort of collective healing, you need to start with you, right? And then it kind of goes exponentially that way. And and that was like the whole premise of my own being human, kind of the foundation and, and all of the work that I do is, is all under that same Umbrella, and so I, I think you know here is the same thing. Like we're really doing that. We're trying to honor all these parts of the human experience with with like art and and creativity and allowing us to really access that. And so I think it's, I think it's really really beautiful.
0: Thank you, you know, thank you for believing in it, and you know, you've worked really hard to create this vision, and we've revisited it multiple <laughs> times, and I feel like the workshops are just a place for people to go, you know, like, I think we're moving away from like doing drinking and doing drugs all the time. And just, I think we're really looking for that love and that space that we don't know how to do, you know, and it's because this generation, this time, this amount of technology, this amount of like, information has never existed. And it's changing us. It's I think a lot of us are depressed. I think a lot of us are sad. And I think we just keep pushing and putting things under the carpet. But it's just about like, there's a lot of yoga centers. There's a lot of meditation centers. There's a lot of, you know, just uh, gyms. There's a lot of just those things that are coming up. But the biggest thing that you said today, I think, was intention. Like, you have to know why you're doing those things. If you're doing it and you're just pushing things under the carpet, but they still exist, then you're not doing it with intention. You know, like, I think that we all, we are all going through it. And that's the part that I want to keep repeating because previously in life, it was like war against this, war against that. But now it's the war against ourselves. This is happening to every country, every city, every place. And, you know, like it's just spilling over, but there's nothing that's being fixed. We're all in pain. We're all suffering up to a certain extent. And I feel truly that like breath work, you know, can release so many emotions and so much that constraint that we've put on ourselves. And I think. When you wake up every day and you hate yourself and you don't know how to do anything else besides do that, and you just see society, everyone else kind of hating themselves, it's very hard to give yourself grace. You know, it's very hard to find that artist or that healer within you. And I feel like in these spaces, we're just able to go draw a picture or don't draw a picture, you know, like do Tai Chi. like. This is something that my mom can go to and my sister can go to. And even if I, like my husband can go to, like, it's not, it's for everyone to just do something on a Sunday or Wednesday night. You know, like, I think it's so cool. Just the thought of sound bath and Tai Chi with a community of completely different people for the sake of just being there and hanging out. And I think that's that's what it is. It's been hard for people to transition back out after being frozen, being scared, you know, being at home, seeing so much death, horror, whether you believe it in, in it or not, it was happening. And um, I want to move forward, you know. I want to, the researcher part of me, the scientist part of me wants to just see what happens if you bring different types of people together and share their tools and you know kind of light that fire for other artists and other healers just does it wake us up because when you believe in people they change you know everything changes when you believe in someone so I guess that's my goal I want to believe that we're we are doing this and it's gonna work and When we get the data, then we're going to be able to find a solution and centralize the data and find the trends. I guess to healing, you know, and to stories, because one more thing I want to say is. Everyone has a story. And just when I started this work, I actually worked with young males. I worked at a youth center with 16 to 24 year old uh, refugee. Males in Athens and Greece at a youth center. And this also happens to men. You know, discrimination, sexism, being exploited, it happens. But where are they going to go? You know, they're not allowed to talk about it. They're not allowed to feel it. But what they can do is come express themselves. What they can do is just come hang out with us and make an Eiffel Tower, paint a picture, do a dance. But just understand, like we're all going through it. I think part of the isolation method is to think it's because of you, and if you were any other way, it wouldn't happen to you. If you were shorter, taller, skinnier, fatter, blonder, it happens to all of us, and that's that's the goal of sharing these stories. It's it's just sick. The world is sick, and we need to get better.
1: No, I I hear that, and um. Uh, when we, I'm, I'm curious because we're talking about data, and and maybe 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 you can talk a little bit about what kind of data we're we're looking for, right? I mean, because I mean, really, you talked about data and stories, right? Uh, maybe kind of delineating the difference between the two and what you were looking for and how we're sure. collecting it through the workshops. Maybe that would be helpful.
0: So, um, I'm let me back up a little and kind of talk about like how this project came to be. Mm-hmm. So this project came to us from Richard Gantt who is part of the um, African Renaissance Diaspora Network. And maybe you know him. He's also an actor. He brought us a vision of working on gender-based violence. And for us, that vision turned into a solution. For us, that vision turned into uh, an invite, a call to action. And so... It was me and Dr. Lockett, who is my director for the international office at Charles Street University, and Dr. Anu and um, Mr. Jeff Truman. They are Eisenbard, So we all met at Sundance Please. January 20th last year, and we were literally in a room whiteboarding. And from that whiteboarding, this 8 billion voices came to be. It started with 1 million, but, you know, we were like, how are we going to leave people out? You need everyone and their mothers on this. So we decided that we were going to bring artists and healers together and trauma-informed professionals to back up the science of healing. And the cert, we were going to do pre and post surveys, which simple questions. Do you believe art heals? Do you believe community heals? Have you done breath work? And do you have you ever you know experienced gender-based violence, microaggressions? How do you overcome that? A big part of Eight Billion Voices is that women are not victims. You know, people are not victims, but in this case, women are not victims. They are heroes because. To be put down and to be set up, but still be able to raise your kids, go to work, and wake up every day and fight the world after being physically abused, emotionally abused, microaggressions, constantly walking down the street, someone's licking their lips at you, someone's looking at you in a certain way. All those things matter. They count. And of course, you know, after you go through that, it's hard to smile all the time. It's hard to trust all the time. But that doesn't mean women are victims. I believe that when you're going through that and you still have to come home and smile and take care of your kids and your family and your husband and the community and care about what they're all going to say, and go to the gym, go to Pilates, you're a hero because, you know, that's hard to do. So what keeps you going? and from my experience of the versatile work i've done it's communities it's that lady down the street that you can just go have tea with or it's you know your professor that is vulnerable and shares some stories with you it's the truth it's authenticity why are we lying to ourselves you know why are we lying to each other when the common ground is the pain like the common ground is the human experience and um I I kind of feel like that's the data in that sense, the stories where I don't want to know your deep, dark secrets, you know, and you don't even have to share that with us, but we want to hear your voices. We want to see your art. We want to see that expression. We want to see that power, that, that X factor. How do you overcome it? You know, like, how do you still face these people? How do you keep going? It's not easy, you know, none of this is easy, but what do we have in common with each other? You know, and I feel like that's where Isengard can help us find the trends in the data or the stories about our heroes, you know, and then we can centralize that and create a database or an app where we can have resources for everyone vetted by us. Not just hearsay, but by social workers, by healers, by trauma-informed people like shelters, like food pantries, like local workshops like ours. But in order to do that, we first have to find out what's going on. And, you know, this started because, according to the UN, one in three women experience gender-based violence in their lifetime. And I would say being a woman Um, if you haven't experienced that, then I think you're the outlier. I think I would probably say, including the microaggressions, you experience three a day, you know, depending on where you're going, what you're doing, what you're wearing, how much makeup you have on and what the climate is, what the weather's like, how acceptable it is. So this is not to find perpetrators. This is not to get anyone in trouble. Because I understand that all of us are going through it. This is just to give people a hand, to give people tools. If you want to show up, these things are expensive. We want to make it accessible. We want you to just show up and you don't even need to be perfect. Just see, you know, see how you feel. Follow your heart. Follow your just artistic sense. And I think it'll lead you to us, hopefully. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's true if you're following your truth we will be here <laughs> um i know i i love that so much and i love that story i'm really i so i came on after the after uh, like a few quite a few months after the sundance uh what would you say sundance birth i guess one can call it but nine months you were yeah. born
0: nine months after <laughs> You joined in September.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that's true. Nine months. Uh, I was there and I was in gestation then. (laughs) (laughs) While you guys were there. (laughs) You were a pod. Yeah. (laughs)
0: You know, I I love our team. I really do. And that's because I think every single person is a good human being. And they have spent a year doing this work for really nothing for helping people out to create this world, make it better. And I've gotten to know all of you on an individual basis. And I think, you know, through these podcasts, everyone will get to know the rest of the team members, but we all have a story too. And I trust this team. It's a big, I think, you know, responsibility to take on, but I know we can do it because everyone on the team is the best at what they do. And, you know, I told you this and I think you came on and you got to see it too, but we really believe in each other and we have each other's back. And without that, I don't expect anyone to trust us, you know? Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. And I mean, especially to, you know, like, let's be real, these are sensitive topics, right? And I think that the way that us as a team that we how we come together, how we try to hold space for each other, um, you know, cause these are, these are sensitive topics and, and it's, you know, we're dealing, you talked about trauma, right? We are dealing with trauma. And, and I think even just in general, anyone who's in like social justice or activism, right. is like, we know these are personal things for all of us. That's why we're here. And so I think it's, it's, I agree with you hundred percent. Like, you know, we're, we're a solid team We're it's not even just about expertise. Right. But you know, we're, we're human beings at our core. And I think it's, it's really about, how are we coming together and how are we holding space, you know, for ourselves internally as a team, because that's going to reflect how we do that in our communities. Right. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And it's been so much fun uh, meeting and learning everybody. And then really the workshop was kind of the first time we had all actually, or at least for me anyways, like I had the opportunity to actually meet everybody um, at, at the workshop, which was the one year we did on the one year anniversary, right. It was that exact, that one year anniversary after the Sundance birth was when we did that first workshop. So um, yeah, yeah, it was honestly, it was really awesome. And I think we have a couple more, right? Coming up in March, I think.
0: Yeah. So in March, we're planning on doing uh, a sound bath Tai Chi for International Men's Month, probably in Marina Del Rey, led by our other Vanessa, (laughs) who we call Breathing Vanessa. (laughs) But, um, you know, she's amazing. I've taken her breathwork classes and I wouldn't recommend anything to you guys that I wouldn't do. So I've done it. and we are also, you know, working big part of, uh, I think a big chunk of this project is our partner, Charles Drew University, who is also a medical school and we have a PA school, nurses, public health, bioinformatics. So we're able to research and you, you know, work with the students to create these workshops and to create uh, literary analysis. And I feel like that the scientific part is what makes it more real, the trauma informed part. Because yeah, we have to be sensitive. We have to take care of our people and make sure that if something comes up, we are able to handle it, which is also why we have either therapists or psychiatrists, trauma informed pr- professionals in the room just in case. Um, I would say this, I want to invite everyone to this call to action. And please join us, you know, we would want you to do one pro bono workshop, you can do more. But if you're an artist or a healer, we're working together with a bunch of networks to do these workshops in multiple spaces and communities globally. So if you have an event space, or if you're a healer, or by healers, by the way, I also mean like somatic therapy, breath work, yoga, meditation, and by artists, dancers, word, you know, any type of art, clay making, you know, it's anything and everything that you're open to. Send in your story, send in your artwork, send in your music, poetry, words. This is something that we all have to do together. And no one is to be left out. I think that in order to find the right data and do the right analysis, we need to get everywhere. And This is something that starts off with something serious, but is powerful and can be fun and can be liberating. You know, I don't think that because we're at this time and place where we can be sad, we don't have to be, especially because we're all going through it together. So thank you, Vanessa.
1: Of course. And everyone, if you want to submit any stories or if you're even um, like an artist that's interested, um, you just visit APV.org. Um, And you can just fill out the volunteer form there. And then anyone who wants to submit a stories, be welcome to uh, just on the contact us page. Uh, We'll probably have a form up there at some point, Uh, but you can also check us out on Instagram, right? You can submit any of your stories. And, and, you know, like I said, like, like Sun has been saying, it's it's really like promoting, right? This idea of like healing through art. And so we just want to share art. You know, it's not ours, it's yours. We are no copyright, nothing like that is your art. We literally just want to share it to everybody. So please, please be welcome to do so.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Bye.